welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, it's always exciting to worship God on Pentecost Sunday. Every day of the week, it's exciting to, to worship the Lord. But when the world celebrates um, Pentecost, it's great. You know, we were um, at a conference the last two days, the elders, myself, and other pastors and leaders from the land. And um, one of the speakers was from the Philippines. It is, you know, it was by, via Zoom. It was Zoom his uh, preaching in. But he, um, his last preach was starting at about 10.30 his time. And he was saying that, you know, this has to start on time because I Pentecost Sunday, then tomorrow, the next morning. So it's a big deal, Pentecost Sunday. You know, we... Um, we um, welcome Holy Spirit, we celebrate Holy Spirit, we celebrate the indwelling of Holy Spirit and you know hallelujah, it's great to see every single one of you here today but as a pastor, I'm talking to the wrong folk and I'd love to see all these chairs filled so encourage those that you know that aren't out today, amen just to come, hallelujah so let's take our Bibles amen And we're going to receive this word today. Let's stand up and take our Bibles or your Bible app on your phone. And let's declare after me. Hallelujah. This is my Bible. I believe what it says. I believe I am who it says I am. I believe I can do what it says I can do. I believe I have what it says I have. And now I'm about to receive the incorruptible, the ever-living, the never-dying seed of the Word of God. My mind is alert, my heart is open, and as a result, I'll never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, today we're going to turn to Acts in chapter 1, and we're just going to go through a few verses here. And uh, I just want the Lord just to bring out what he wants by Holy Spirit this morning, um, as we'll read some of these verses. We've been doing a series called Love What God Loves, and that's all about the local church, loving what God loves. He loves the local church. He is building his church. Matthew 18, I will build my church. Amen. He is the one who's building the church. We're called to seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. So that's our job. Seek first the kingdom. Extend the kingdom. But after that, he is building his church. And he loves his church. Hallelujah. So I thought today in Pentecost Sunday, this is the last week in our series of Love What God Loves. I thought we'll go to Acts and we'll look right at the beginning of the church. And we're just going to go. Uh, verse by verse, starting in Acts in chapter 1. So Acts chapter 1 here. And it says, The former account I made of Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he threw the Holy Spirit. So there you see Jesus ministering through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles, That's his disciples whom he'd chosen and to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs 
been seen by them 40 days. So after the resurrection, he was seen by them for 40 days. And speaking of things pertaining what? To the kingdom of God. So for those 40 days, he carried on talking to them about the kingdom and their part in the kingdom and how to extend the kingdom. And verse 4, and being assembled together with them. And that is what the church, we've been looking at that. The church is when he calls, we come. The church is we come together. The church is you and I, but it's together. Where two or three gather together, there I am in the midst. He is into together. So many times in the scriptures and in these few verses here, we will see the word together in one accord, together in unity, together, together. Amen? Hallelujah. And you never have to, um, you never have to convince a church the family of God to come together. You should never, ever have to do that. Because if you're born of the Holy Spirit, his DNA is in you, his, the Spirit lives within us, it's together. Amen? We gather together. We come together for what God has purposed. So being assembled together, verse 4, with them, Jesus commanded them, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So they were to wait in Jerusalem. And verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So they were to wait in Jerusalem. They were told they were going to receive power when the Holy Spirit would come. And they were going to be bold and they were going to be witnesses. They were going to be empowered. And I tell you today, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you should be flowing with that boldness. You should be flowing with that empowerment. And you should be a witness wherever you are. Amen? A witness. People should know. People should know. It's not creeping around, crawling around other people to try and work out that you're a Christian. No, today. It's being bold and declaring, I am a Christian. I stand up for the Lord because you know what? LGBT and all these other organizations and those that are um, uh, for abortion, they will stand up in your face and they will shout in your face and they will say, this is what I believe. And this is what God wants for us as Christians. He wants us to be bold. And stand up for what we believe. Not be milly-mouthy. Not be quiet. Yeah, there's a place that you don't want to shove the Lord down people's throats. But you know what I'm saying. Sometimes Christians can be so quiet, people don't even know you're a Christian. And sometimes Christians live in their lives. There's no way of even telling they're a Christian. That's sad. But if you're full of the Holy Ghost... Like we're going to see what happened when the Holy Ghost came. It makes a difference. And if it's not making a difference in your life, what's happened is you've gone into religion. And you're just carrying a spirit of religion. And you're putting on a hat and you're saying, I'm a Christian. But you're religious. You're like a Pharisee and like a Sadducee. Like them, religious. And you go up to pray and you do all the acts and you come to church and you want to be seen for doing what's right, but it's religion. And we don't want to be religious. I don't want to be religious. 
I want to be for the Lord in every aspect of that. So verse 8, you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses in me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. That's everywhere. That's just everywhere. I'm not breaking that verse down today. Just everywhere. Amen? There's some people here. God's going to send you out from here. Going to send you to other places. Get ready. This is revival time. Revival time. Amen? He may ask you to go on a missions team. He, he may relocate you. He, you know, we're his church. We're his body. He can do whatever he wants. You know, Brian and I, we surrender to the Lord. We says, God, whatever you want us to do, wherever you want us to be, and we try to live that way. Verse 9, now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand up gazing into the heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven." Jesus is coming again, and this is the way he's going to come. Just the way he ascended, he's going to come again. He's going to come in the clouds. We're going to see him just that way, and we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready for his coming, amen? You know, hell is a horrible place, and if we just got one little glimmer, one wee glimpse of hell, we would not want to dip our toe in it. And we've got to warn everybody around us of what hell is like, what heaven is like what Jesus and having a relationship with Jesus is. And they're looking to us. They're looking to us. They're looking to our life. They're going, well, if she's like that, I, I don't... If she's no different to anybody else, well, you know, they're looking for the power. They're looking for the signs. They're looking for the wonders. They're looking for the healings. They're looking for the miracles. They're looking for something different. And we have that to offer we should have verse 12 and then they returned to jerusalem from the mount called olivet which is near jerusalem a sabbath day's journey and when they had entered they went up into the upper room where they were staying and all the 11 let's see 11 names not taking time all the 11 disciples were there and verse 14 they all continued with one accord one accord in unity. They were together, one accord in prayer and supplication, one accord in prayer, in prayer together. With the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Now let's go over to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. So they waited together, you know, uh, and then the day of Pentecost came. But, you know, what we see in Pentecost and... Um, where the church was birthed. It happened because they waited together. They prayed together. They were worshiping together. And then after 10 days, the Holy Ghost was poured out upon them because they did their part of working and work and praying and waiting together. Day one goes past and they're still together. Day two goes past. They're together and Holy Ghost hasn't been poured out day three and day four. Oh, and now we're day nine days. Do you think we've got it wrong? No, they were still together. And day 10, and then we take up what happens. 
And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. No one left out, each one. And they were all filled, not some filled, not a few filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together, and they were confused because every one of them heard speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are these not all Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language uh, that we were born, all, all their, the local dialects and everything? They couldn't get over what was happening, what they were hearing as these uh, disciples and the 120 were speaking with other tongues. They were perplexed. Go along to verse 13. Others still saying they were mocking and they were saying they're full of new wine. Are people mocking you today? Are they mocking the church today? Oh, listen to that babble. Listen to that babble. Listen to those tongues. Listen, look at what they're getting up to. They're going to mock us. The word says that, amen? We're different. We have to stand out from this world and be different. But verse 14, Peter standing up with the 11. I love this. He was the one who stood up, but he was with the 11. They were in unity, standing with the 11. They were in agreement, but it came out of Peter's mouth. And he started to preach. And he, he said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you think, since it's only the third hour of the day, it's nine in the morning. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he, he starts to quote what was prophesied in Joel. And it says, in the last days, it shall come to pass that God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. You know, in kids' church today, you know what they're learning? They're learning about prophecy. And they're going to have a practice time. Isn't that awesome? That is the next generation coming up. And they've got to be taught this. They've got to be taught. They've got to be trained what it is to prophesy, what it is to lay hands on the sick, what it is to believe for miracles. And I tell you what, they're going to outdo a lot of adults. We don't have to let that happen. But they will because we're going to train them. The youth, we're, we're looking for a youth and believing for a youth on fire and ablaze by the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, and your men's servants and on your maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy and I'll show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there's a lot of people who are going to call on the name of the Lord because this is harvest time. It is harvest time. Hallelujah. They're going to call. They're going to come, and we're going to work together in that. We're working together. And um, if you look at verse 37 there, skip along to verse 37. Paul, or Peter carries on preaching and then it says, and then when they heard this, they were cut to their heart. They were convicted by the Holy Spirit. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, 
men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent. And I tell you what, we need to use that word more and more today. Repent. Repent. And turn. Repentance means you turn. You do a U-turn. An absolute U-turn. We're not sneaking in people into the kingdom. We're not sneaking them in. No, they realize the blood of Jesus has bought. It's paid for all my sin, all of my shame, all of my sickness, everything. And we're not just sneaking them in. Do you want to know Jesus? No. It's repent and accept what he has done. Amen? Repent. And when you repent, there's a there's something different. It's, there's a, there's a change in people's lives. I was listening to Cindy Jacobs during the week, and she tells this story about this girl, and she was believing for restoration. What had happened was, I think she was maybe a single mom, but uh, a thief had brought, broke, broken into her garage one night and had stolen her car. She had no car. I didn't, don't think she had a lot of means to even go get another car, and so she, she was listening to her pastor pretty soon after that, teaching on sowing a seed, sowing a financial seed for restoration. And she was listening and she heard her pastor teach the importance of forgiving, forgiving those who have done something against you, forgiving those that have stolen, forgiving those who have talked against you. And so as she forgave that thief, she forgave from her heart and she sowed a financial seed for a car. She had to believe for another car. And, then, and, and that was it. She just believed as she was doing Cindy Jacobs said she didn't know how. We're not called to know how or what, but we trust the Lord. And she put her trust in the Lord. Well, it wasn't a week later, and she came home, and again, she went in her garage, and this, this time in her garage, there was a whole big paper sack. First, she thought, this is the second time somebody's got into my garage. But this time, there's a paper sack, and as she looked inside, there was wads and notes, loads and loads of money in this sack. And there was a note in the sack, and um, the note says, um, I, I just wrote down what she said. The note says, I am the thief that stole your car, and one week ago I gave my life to Jesus. I cannot give you the car back because I've already sold it, but here is the money I got from selling your car. Everything she got back. That is true repentance. Within a week, he went and he got that money and he wanted to make it right. Remember, Zacchaeus, he wanted to make it right. When Jesus truly touches a heart and there's repentance, you want to be different. You want to live different. You want to make things right in the Spirit before your Lord, walking before him. And that's what it's going to take in this end-time revival. It's going to take that walking. It's going to take forming disciples like that. It's going to take people who truly repented. Not just repented and they've done this little degree thing, you know, and they've got so much sin and so much baggage and it's all still hanging on them and the Christians are just patting them and they're going, that's okay, it'll go in time. No, repent! There's a preaching anointing on me this morning. <laughs> repent and that's what we've got to tell people amen as we minister the gospel to them 
We've got to tell them. Hallelujah. So verse 38, Peter says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the forgiveness of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift, awesome gift. As, as Chris said this morning, is it so precious that we have Holy Spirit and we have Holy Spirit indwelling us. We're not living in Old Testament times when he came just upon us but he indwells us. And yes, there's times when that unction and that anointing comes upon us. But he's in us, with us all of the time. We've got to be God conscious. We've got to be conscious of him all of the time. Um, Verse 39, for the promises to you and to your children. Let's not leave out our children. This promise is to the children. Holy Ghost wants to fill the children. He wants them baptized in his spirit, speaking with other tongues from a little age, from the littlest age, that they can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All our children were baptized in the Holy Spirit. The latest five years old, Crystal was four, but the boys were five, speaking with other tongues. That is what the Lord requires to you and to your children. Amen. And to all who are afar off and as many as the Lord will call. And the Lord is calling many, many, many are called. The the word says many are called, but few are chosen. The chosen bit is because we do the the deciding will we be the chosen. Will we cooperate with the call? Many are called, but few are chosen. And verse 40, and with many other words, he testified, this is Peter still, and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. This generation, this world is getting more perverse and more twisted all of the time. If you're keeping up with things that are happening around the world and laws that they want to change, it is awful. I don't even want to take time and speak about it from the pulpit and give time to the filth. But it's terrible. If you're not signed up with the Christian Institute, sign up with the Christian Institute. They keep you in touch with a whole lot of stuff that's going on. And give to the Christian Institute. This church, we give regularly to support the work of the Christian Institute, working here in the UK and Northern Ireland. Verse 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. They gladly, you know, there's going to be people they're so glad to receive because they've just won out of this horrible filth of what they're living in and, and the tragedy and the pain and the suffering that's going on in their lives and the needs that they have and their family falling apart. And when they receive the Lord, they're going to be so glad. And they received his word. They were baptized. And, and, you know, this is what the early church looked like. It's characteristics of the early church. They received the word and they were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. That's when the church was born. 3,000 souls added just after that preach. After them seeing the signs and the wonders of these men, 120 speaking with other tongues, speaking in their own dialect. And the church was born because they saw something different. And they would say, I want to be part of that. They saw the power, they saw the boldness of these many unlearned men. Verse 
42, and they continued steadfastly. So all those now who've been added to the apostles, to the 120, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So that early church, that first church, was a teaching church. And this is a teaching church here. This is a teaching church. And when we can, we'll be putting on more classes, more teaching, as the Lord shows us. But it's so important that we're taught this word together and we're moving along together. We can listen to YouTube videos and get our own teaching and listen to different things. But it's important as a church because he's put a mission for this church, a vision for the church to accomplish. And it's important that we move together. And so uh, ordered teaching and teaching that we put for all of us to do keeps the church flowing together in one way. And we are a teaching church here, and that's what the early church was like. In the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, they were fellowshipping together. Fellowshipping together. And um, they continued in breaking of bread. And shortly we're going to take breaking of bread together. And they continued in prayers. You know, the early church, apart from... Um, doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread, they were in prayer. This is daily. They were meeting from house to house. They were praying together, praying together, one with another, praying together. Can I ask you this question? When was the last time that you prayed with somebody else that wasn't of your own household, that wasn't just in your household? Somebody else that's part of the church here, part of the family. A good time to practice that is Tuesday nights at prayer meeting or any departments that you serve. And every department in this church should have prayer incorporated in it. Praying together. As life groups will start again uh, in the future, there'll be prayer, praying together, coming together. As the Lord returns more and more that we're together, we need one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to support one another together. Amen? So they were in prayer. They were a praying church. We're going to be incorporating fasting. Fasting. And sometimes the flesh hates. Whose flesh hates the word fasting? Mine does. <laughs> Mine does. But you know what? We shouldn't be thinking so much of what we have to give up when we fast. We should be thinking of what we're going to gain by spending time and taking those meal times and spending it in prayer and in fellowship with the Holy Ghost. And all of you who have fasted before, you know when you come out of a fast that you're different. You know that things start happening. There's breakthroughs around about you. Amen? And there's all different types of fast. In fact, one of the sessions at that uh, the conference, Global Church Conference, and the next uh, that's going to be happening two times a year. The next one is the first weekend, October. I love all the, the leaders and those who want to go to that uh, from the church here to go. It was just full of word, full of vision, full of things just to help you in your own life. And one of the sessions was in fasting and they broke down all the different types of fasts. Why you would fast for this, fast for that. And we'll, we'll maybe teach that sometime. But I tell you, just having a a love for fasting with prayer. If you need breakthrough in your life, I encourage you. Ask the Lord, should I be fasting? And ask him how long for. Amen. Hallelujah. So verse 43, then fear came upon 
every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Amen. Uh, so that fear, they weren't afraid of God. It was reverence. They were a reverent church. They, they rever revered him. And verse 44, now all who believed were together and they had all things in common. They had a common cause. They were together having all things to come in common. And they sold their possessions and their goods and they divided them among all who had need. They were a caring church. They were looking after one another, doing good to one another. They couldn't stand if somebody else really had so much need and they had plenty, they would share they weren't just building their own lives and building their own comfortable life. They would share with one another. As much going as far as even selling houses and lands. And so verse 46, they continued daily, daily. Not once a week, not twice a week. Daily, together daily with one another in the temple and in breaking of bread from house to house. And they ate their food with gladness. Again, they had joy of salvation and simplicity of heart. And they were praising God. They were a worshiping church. They were a happy church. They were a worshiping church. They were a sharing church, a caring church, a praying church, a teaching church. Yes, Valerie said, that's us. And it says in verse 47, They'd favor with all the people and the Lord had added to the church daily those who were being saved. They were a growing church. And I'd like to say this is a growing church. Amen? It's a growing church. We're going to see these rows filled up. I mean, look at Mary and we say, look at Mary and her row just filling up. Mary and all, Nora and Selena and Sharon and all those are coming. And we're, we're just going to say we're going to have to get a bus coming in from Cumber and Newtonards. Where else are we going to get buses coming in from? I want to get a vision for this. We can talk about the harvest, but we have to go out to them and bring them. We've got to bring them. They've got to see something different in us. The earlier and the older Pentecostals in those days, they were on fire for the Lord. And in those days when they didn't have internet or anything, they used to send letters to one another. And they used to sign off those letters. Are you burning? Are you burning? Are you in fire? Are you burning? <laughs> that is what God has planned for his church. And if we're anything but that, we're religious. I'm reminded of a story that I heard and... Um, it was his pastor, and he'd taken over a church. And the, he, he tried everything he could to get this church to wake up and live, but the church was dying. And so he was exasperated. He'd done all he could do, and he says, Lord, I'm going to have a funeral service for this church. And so he put it in the paper. You're all welcome to come to the funeral service for this church. And he gave the name of the church. As far as I know, this happened somewhere in America. And so, lo and behold, the church was packed in this particular time. They came to see the funeral. They had a coffin and all at the front. They opened it up. And he invited the church members to come. 
and file past the cuff and have a look inside because he said, I want you to know why this church died. And so they did that one after the other. They came and they filed past that coffin. As they looked inside the coffin, there was a mirror. And they saw the reflection in that mirror. That was the reason this church has died. A church will ever, it'll either live or it will die according to each one of us that are part of the local church. Is this church alive? Amen. And we're going to be added to more and more and more again. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I think the worship team are nearly ready to come up. We had a wonderful time Tuesday night prayer. And one of the pictures, we were praying for souls. And one of the pictures that we got was, um, it was of a large net. And um, a fisherman, you know, dragging this big net in. And and there was lots of different types of fish in it. And then all of a sudden, the fish are being cleaned up. And you know what fish are like? If you ever t- t- touched a fish, it's slippery and slipping. And, and these fish were slipping out of one hand, but then somebody else was catching. I saw Carol catching a fish, and somebody else in that prayer would catch another fish. And, and everybody was laughing. And God was giving me the picture that, yes, this harvest coming in, it's going to be a lot of work as these Fish are coming in as we're going to lay down, that we're going to put down the net together. And it's all of us together is going to be needed in this. But there's going to be fun. There's going to be fun. There's going to be mess as fish need cleaned up. But there's going to be fun as it slip this way and the slip that way and this way and uh, fun all the same. But we're working together. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's just close our eyes this morning. Let's just finish this word before we come and take communion. Let's close our eyes. Hallelujah. You know what? Just to consider today, how many souls do you want to reach for the Lord? We're all called to be fishermen. God has created us. His Holy Spirit is indwelling us. And he wants us to reach men and women. Do you have a heart to reach men and women? Do you have a heart to reach souls for the Lord? Have you set a goal? I would love to reach So many souls before this year is out. I would love so many souls reached in my life, in my lifetime. But that is what the Holy Spirit, he is, he he is, his heartbeat is souls. His heartbeat is for souls and we're the ones to reach them. If you're not born again today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't want to taste hell. You need to surrender your life to the Lord. You need to repent. Repent from your sin. Repent from doing things your own way and say, God, I want you to come into my life. Let's just say that prayer. If you're in here and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior and Lord, let's say this together after me. If you want to invite him into your heart, let's repeat this prayer, all of us together. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Help me to live for you. I repent from my sin. I want to burn for you. Be alive for you. I know that you will never leave me. Jesus, you're living inside of me. And I live for you today. In Jesus' name.
Amen. If you've said that prayer for the first time, I want you to come and I want you to tell me after. Tell those around about you because that is the greatest thing that you'll have ever said. That is the most important prayer and the most important decision that you've ever made in your life. You know, just as we worship, just um, worship team play quietly, we're going to have communion together. So let's just be waited upon. Um, Stewards, just go ahead and hand out the elements. Amen. I want to take and we'll just be reminded. I'm just going to read from Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 11. Thank you. 1 Corinthians in chapter 11. Paul is talking to the Corinthians church here in his letter. He's saying, I'm going to come to you guys because I've got some things to sort out. But in the meantime, this is how you have communion. It says, verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks for it, he broke it. And he said, take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. Remember to give to the worship team as well, guys, please. And do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Oh, thank God for his blood. And this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat, this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Amen. And so this morning we remember what the, the sacrifice the Lord made for us. We remember. We say, Lord, we remember in hallelujah. We remember as we take this bread, we remember that your body was broken for us. You were whipped for us. You took the pain for us. You took the shame as you were naked on the cross for us, shamed for us, so that we wouldn't have to bear that shame. You took it for us. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for this. what this bread represents this morning. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we thank you, Lord. Let's just take this bread and take it together this morning. We remember. We remember Jesus. Take the cup representing the blood of Jesus. Pour it out for us. Jesus. Pour it out for me. Wiping all my sin. Make it personal, church. My sin. My pain. My shame. 
all my iniquity, all my waywardness, all my willfulness, all doing it my will, my way. You took it. You shed your blood, gave your life. So I'd be restored back to Father God. So that I'd have a part to be a part of the church, the great instrument that God is using today. Oh, we thank you. Let's take this cup together. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the blood of Jesus today. Let's all stand up. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we give you praise and we give you thanks, God. We thank you for the great things that you're doing, Lord, in and through us as a people, buying our community church. Oh, we thank you that you're increasing us more and more, Lord God. You're adding more souls into us, God. You're increasing, Father God, us in our individual lives. You're increasing us in our spiritual walk. You're giving us revelation, knowledge as we read your word. We're increasing. The gifts of the Spirit are in operation and they're moving. They're moving. Some lives are beginning to move again. Others are just catching us for the first time and they're moving. They're operating the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We're fellowshipping together, Lord God, more and more and more. We ask that you put a love in our hearts for one another, Lord God, more. More love. More love for one another. Put in our hearts this morning. That each one of us are needed. Each one of us, Lord God. Each one of us, Father God. And when one of us is missing, Lord, we feel it. We feel it. One of us is in pain, we feel it because we love one another. One of us has need and we see to it because we've loved one another. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.